Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. So it's Tuesday evening and two of our four quarterfinals of the 2021 Davis Cup are done and dusted. The non-Madrid-based portion of proceedings are done and dusted. The road to Madrid, as it is written on the courts or has been written on the courts in Turin and Innsbruck, has been travelled and it has been travelled in its entirety by Croatia who won through over Italy last night in Turin and most recently, just minutes ago, by Germany, who won through in very dramatic fashion over Great Britain in Innsbruck. We'll be covering both of those ties, but we will also (laughs) be covering the bit of business from Sunday night that we were unable to bring you because it finished so darn tooting late in the evening. Um, And that was that Russia ended up beating Spain in the doubles. Feliciano Lopez, David, was not able to do a Queen's 2019. No, he sort of did it until we pulled the plug. (laughs) (laughs) I think think he must have sensed that we'd just ducked out and deserted him. And uh, actually, and Andre Rublev, I think, maybe took a little bit of offence at some of the, uh, (laughs) the kind of... Um, desertion of of his abilities as well and decided to play out of his mind for about half an hour um but yeah the, in it it was an incredible day what what lopez did but russia showed how much strength they have all the way through that team and if one of them doesn't get you the others will in the end and that's why they're favorites isn't it yeah yeah, absolutely. Rublev was thrashing at the tennis ball in that doubles. I mean, usually doubles is about finesse and tactics. No, <laughs> I don't think they were doing any symbols. It was just thrash at the ball as hard as you can from Rublev. And it worked. Russia won that doubles. And that meant that they topped Group A and set up a quarterfinal against Sweden. That'll be our next quarterfinal on Thursday. And it also meant that Spain were eliminated from the competition with Serbia qualifying as one of the best two runners-up and they will face Kazakhstan in the quarterfinals in Madrid on Wednesday. Sorry, that'll be the uh, the next tie that we watch. So Spain, Spain are no more in the competition, Matt. How has that affected the vibe 
in Madrid. I know it's been hard to sort of sense the tennis vibe, but with all the the dinners you've been having and the churros you've been eating. But in between that, have you been able to stick your finger in the air and detect a vibe? I've been rumbled. I've not even been to sight the last two days. (laughs) (laughs) There is no sight the last two days. It's all been going on in Innsbruck Mm. and Turin. You can do whatever you like. Right, yes. Um, So I don't know is the answer to that question. (laughs) Um, I mean, look, I think as we spoke about, I think this format works best in a way when you've got home nations there. So part of me was hoping Spain would go through, but then also part of me was thinking, well, The alternative is to keep Novak Djokovic in the competition. And part of this competition also works brilliantly when you've got the best players. That I I believe that's one of the main reasons why they changed the format in the first place, to get more top players playing it. And credit to Novak Djokovic, he's he's committed to it both times. He's really committed to it this year, made a point of it. And yeah, here he is joining us in Madrid. He, He was here way less than 24 hours Later, they was on the practice court 24 hours later here in Madrid. And something I did hear from site was that lots of the players here, lots of the Kazakhs, lots of the Swedes actually went out to watch him practice. Maybe partly just to scout them, I suppose. But also I think Djokovic was was sort of in town and they wanted to get a bit of a glimpse of it. Um, and I, I'm, I'm wondering whether we'll see more press here now. I wonder whether some Serbian media will will come over to Madrid and cover it and... Hopefully that that will mean I'm not on my own in the press conference room firing multiple questions and getting called out by players. Which players? Well, I say players. Player, Alexander Bublik. Um, I was... I mean, it's a massive press conference room they've set up here. I mean, I cannot tell you. It is huge and it's all socially distant seats and it's just me sitting in there on my own. <laughs> and <laughs> How, Do you sit in the same seat every time? Or do you oh, mix I it mix up? it up. <laughs> I always sit on the same side. I always feel like front row is a bit awkward. I tend to go to the second row. Anyway, each time you want to ask a question, you have to be handed the mic. So you get the mic, ask your question, and then someone comes and takes the mic from you. So this is a process that goes on about seven times in my press conference with Bublik because I asked him seven questions. And after the seventh question, he said, geez, man, how many questions are you going to ask? (laughs) (laughs) Which, I must say, was a surefire way to make sure that was my last question. Did you have further questions that you were burning to ask? No, No. I was stretching it to seven, to be honest. I really want Kazakhstan to stay in the competition (laughs) now so that 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 love affair can continue. Why don't they just, if you're the only bloke in the room, Matt, just give you the mic, let you go a (laughs) cappella. That would be nice. Did, Did you get any nuggets out of him? Well... What I was asking him about really is, is is Kazakhstan's commitment to this competition and their consistency in it. You know, I, I mentioned on the podcast the other day, the last 10 editions of this event, they've reached the quarterfinals six times, which is an incredible record for a, a nation that don't have lots of top players that aren't, you know, one of tennis's powerhouses, really. But in Kukushkin and Golyabev, they've always had solid players who've really yeah, committed to the event and had some of their best results and moments in this in this competition. And what I found interesting was that that attitude has reached public as well. You know, he speaks in exactly the same way that Kukushkin and Golubev do about 
wanting to play this competition, wanting to represent Kazakhstan. It's like they've all had it drilled into them how much it should be. Yeah, mean. I was going to say, is it suspiciously similar lines being towed? Because, I mean, it, 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 it's fascinating me, the, the public one, because he went and played in Tokyo as well. And that decision surprised me at the time because he's a guy that's, I mean, whether he really means it entirely or not, or whether there's a part, Nick Kyrgios thing going on who's always said I'm doing this for the money you know the the money is the most important thing to me in which case you don't bother going to the Olympics when you could be playing Kitchbill <laughs> or it's always Kitchbill that gets a hammering from me insert insert ATP 250 here you know um, so yeah he's a it's an interesting one I do wonder what the setup is in in Kazakhstan I know there are a country that's invested heavily in hosting sports and bringing sport to that country as a, as a sort of a soft power PR thing for the nation, which isn't unusual. But I do wonder if, you know, as a as a part of the deal of receiving federation money, you I don't know. Yeah. I, I, who knows? Maybe they just love Davis Cup. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've uh, I've wondered the same thing. I mean. Obviously, Davis Cup Finals does have prize money, quite a lot more prize money than than it used to have. I think all the teams that qualify here for the quarterfinals get just under a million to split between them, I believe. So, you know, there's this pretty hefty prize money involved here. Um, but, you know, he didn't he didn't say that was the reason. And given he has sort of spoken very openly about how much the money matters to him, I suppose he wouldn't be shy about saying it if that were the case. So I do think there's there's potentially something else going on there with Bublik. And it's just interesting the, the sort of distinction he draws between how seriously he takes the ATP tour. He said, look, there are 10 weeks of the year, really, where I play badly and I know I play badly and my attitude's poor. But he said, whenever I turn up for Davis Cup, it's not like that. I really do take it seriously from the beginning, practice court to match court. There's just people you don't want to let down. Um, so I think it's it's probably good news for Kazakhstan that that has reached public because I feel like he does have the potential to push them on a little bit in this competition. He's he's the guy with the most talent I think they've probably ever had. You know, whether he can harness all that and, and fulfil all of that, let's see. But it's interesting having him sort of in the mix there for Kazakhstan. In the mix, mm. you say. How, who is it the captains that decide how that million gets divvied up. Pass, but that would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> Please find out. If so, how many how many of that million, how much of that million, David, would you give if you're the Croatia captain, who knows, you could be one day, to Borna Goyo? <laughs> well, I think if I was the captain, I'd just have most of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Borna Goyo really deserves a good old bonus. That much is clear. He... This is not the first time he's had a moment in the Davis Cup, is it? Because two years ago, he he played very respectably against uh, Rafael Nadal, I remember. I think it was 6-4, 6-3 or, or something like that. And he, he's just this strapping, wide-shouldered, big bloke who has an enormous game. Is the um, word you're looking for, David, agricultural? <laughs> yes, it is. Actually, Catherine, thank you, thank you for going back three years in my mind uh, to when I said that about Stan Wawrinka. Uh, and, it, and it kind of is. And I, I looked up his ranking whilst he was 
winning his latest rubber. I mean, this is two rubbers he's played and two rubbers he's won in the Davis Cup now in these three matches. He didn't play in the second tie, which which in itself I find quite interesting that he didn't get selected. And so he's unbeaten. And yet he's ranked 275 in the world. And I just don't understand that. And I went over his results this year. He's played in a lot of big event qualifying competitions and just not got through. And that's the thing. You can just end up stuck now, I don't know what his attitude is like week to week, whether he just struggles when he's maybe not surrounded by a team and friends and, and a camaraderie and crowd and all the, all the things that he was enjoying while he was playing a couple of days ago and, and beating Lorenzo Sonigo, who, who was whipping the crowd up and loving it. And Goyo just did not back down for a second. And he was a worthy winner. He really rattled Sonigo because Sonigo was veering between these moments of inspiration and just tight tennis. You could see him visibly tightening and leaving balls short or putting them out. And I just don't understand how Borna Goyo is not a player that we hear of in between Davis Cup ties sometimes. And he mentions that Nadal match from a couple of years ago. I think his line was that he took a lot from that. You know, it was four all in the first set. It was was really close. And he said his line was, if you can hang with Nadal for 50 minutes or whatever it was, you can hang with anyone. So he has taken some belief from that. I think he's had some injuries, obviously the COVID interruption, you know, hit all players, but I think lower ranked players especially. Um, I think we spoke about it a bit during the Billie Jean King Cup, didn't we, when we saw Storm Sanders playing really well and Francoise Abanda playing well, that, you know, it's not like these are bad players. The level is there and getting your ranking up is not necessarily just about ability. You know, you can just get stuck there, the grind of it. I think they come to this event and everything is set up for them to play their best tennis. You know, they've got access to a coach. They've got someone sitting on the court with them. They've got teammates for support. They've got physios, you know, they just get treatment that they're not really used to. And I think it can often bring out the best in, in lower ranked players in these environments. And someone like Goyo as well came through the colleague system, I think as well. He's, he said, he's spoken about liking being part of teams and not being put off when the opposition teams heckling him or there's drunk fans. He said, in in colleagues tennis, he said it was nothing the crowd in Turin compared to what he's used to. So sort of the environment certainly suits him. And I'm I'm fascinated now whether he can transfer that to the lower levels, you know, Challenger Tour and some of those qualifying events. I remember Cameron Norrie saying that when he first broke through. I think that the first tournament I became really aware of him was when he won won a round, uh won the opening round at the US Open a few years back. And he hadn't been on the British tennis radar because he'd gone through the US college system and he played on an outside court and it was really rowdy. It was one of those, you know, it was sort of late evening. You could smell the sticky beer and the honey juices in the air. And he said, oh, this is just par for the course for me. I was I was made to to play tennis in these kind of conditions, regardless of who the crowd is for. So I do think, you know, the college system does gear you up for that kind of thing. And look, he's only 23, isn't he? And players that go through that US college system do tend to break through later and you know they have they have it in their canister for longer potentially so yeah who knows but but definitely David we're giving you the benefit of the doubt that when you said I'm picking Croatia because logic has it 
with Davis Cup that if you've got one good singles player and a great doubles team, that's enough to win. And I know that by one good singles player, you meant Borna Goyo. <laughs> that is definitely who you were talking about at the time, isn't uh, it? And not Marin Cilic, who's lost to his last two rubbers. I mean, he did win his first one, but, you know, and he, he got himself into a winning position against Yannick Sinner. He was a set and a break up. It was all going well. He was playing beautifully. And look, Cilic's level right now, when he's playing well and when he's not tight, is really high. It's just that... Unlike, you can see the difference of Goyo, who doesn't have all of this baggage. Okay, he hasn't got anything like the level of achievement that Chilich has got, but he hasn't had all these difficult defeats and memories of losing from winning positions that Chilich has got. And you can see them just enter Chilich's frame while he's serving to win these matches. And he, he... he was serving for that match, wasn't he? And he and he just he couldn't handle it really. Now Sinner also, I should say, did take that from him as well. But it's at least part of but one and part Sinner of the other. Sinner probably smelled the same blood that we yeah. smelled, didn't we? You know, as soon as he there was there was some discussion in our WhatsApp group along the lines. Of, I mean, I don't think any of us thought that he was going to serve that out, did we? Well, I thought he, I probably thought he did because I'm an optimist for, for, for him. And yet you, you moments earlier were saying I'm having anxiety I about, said I'm about what he was about two all in the yeah. <laughs> second set. And I said, I'm having pre anxiety about the prospect of Chilich having to serve this out. Yeah, I think he got a break up and um, immediately you were onto that. And I just sort oh. of, I don't know, I thought he would get over the line and um, mm. he didn't, the thing he is, didn't da- get the thing close is, David, the, the thing you say about the level, I think that's always been the case and is the case for a lot of players that lose form and ranking as they, as they get old. You know, Federer says, I've never forgotten how to lose tennis. doesn't matter what injuries hit me or whatever. The, the shots don't go... Okay, if you lose physical conditioning or you get injured, the the physicality might go. So you're in less often in the perfect position to hit the shots. But I think more often than not, taking that away, it is the the mind that takes over and causes the problem. There's absolutely no logical reason why Marin Cilic would have forgotten how to play tennis or become a, a less good tennis player than he was when he won the US Open. Okay, he might be a fraction slower, but he looked pretty quick to me, actually. I was really impressed by his movement yesterday against Yannick Sinner, who is lightning quick. I thought yeah. six foot, six inch Marin Cilic held up pretty well on uh, by comparison, but it's, oh, you can see the extra wiggles coming on the pre-service motion you, you, it's all just he doesn't even have the the bodily equivalent of a poker face does he it's just writ so large and um oh it was it was tough to watch for him so much twitching of that leg when he when he's about to serve oh it makes me uncomfortable just thinking about it um i, I must say credit to yannick sinner you know he's sort of He's taken up residence in Turin, really, these past couple of weeks, hasn't he? And I think he's played five matches now, two in the ATP finals, three here. And the only one he lost was a deciding set tiebreak to Daniil Medvedev. That's a that's a really impressive couple of weeks from Sinner. And I'm really interested to see 
what he does next year and whether he has taken something from the experience he's had and using the crowd. And look, he's obviously not going to have the Italian crowd every week, but, you know, he's going to have support. He can use it. And I'm, I've just really enjoyed watching his sort of on-court demeanour these last two weeks. And it feels like yeah. a progression in his oh. career. He's Oh, he's a different guy. Different guy. Showed, showed you something different, didn't he, Catherine? Absolutely. Because I know, I mean, we were debating the other week about how, how excited are we about Yannick Sinner generally? And, and I'm quite excited and I love his tennis, but there is a... A feeling that you know he he doesn't give you much. He doesn't. It's, it's... I felt a bit metronomic winning of titles about mm. him. I could see that in the future, but but yeah, I th- I think this is a a different kettle of fish. Yannick Sinner, this prospect. He he showed in the way he's embraced it. I think how much he wants it. How much he he wants to be the best. He doesn't want to just be a a top 10 player, he wants to go all the way and he's prepared to probably go a bit out of his comfort zone in order to get there. Mm. Wasn't enough though, was it? The Italian charge, Yannick Sinner's charge in the doubles as well, it wasn't enough because Croatia had the world number one doubles pairing up their sleeves. Nikola Mektic and Mate Pavic did the business for the Croatians and they beat Fabio Fanini and Yannick Sinner to set up a semi-final with either Serbia or Kazakhstan. So I love it. I love it when the doubles matters in Davis Cup. I love it when it comes down to the doubles, even in the GB time we were just watching. Obviously, I'm from Great Britain. I wanted Great Britain to win, but I still wanted wanted Germany to win the second tie so that it would go down to a decisive rub- doubles rubber because... That's what sport's all about, isn't it? Sports entertainment. And that would provide the greatest competition and entertainment. And um, I love that that both of these two ties have come down to the doubles. Uh, and that's where, to my mind, there's a lot about this format that still needs work. But that element of it, the fact that, he's th- that it is best of three rubbers and the deciding one, if it's one all, is a doubles. And particularly once you get to this stage where it's knockout and you've got just just one tie per day. This really works as a viewing spectacle. I I, I know that there's a, a problem with lack of crowd today, but even because the benches were so loud and the tennis was so exciting, I didn't really. I was okay with it as a just a TV viewing experience. And 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 so that's two days in a row where it's it was way too much tennis for the first four days, and then just the right amount the last two days. I sat there. The last two days, I mean, my, I, I'm married to a Croatian, and so my kids are half Croatian, half British. So the last two days, we've just sat on the sofa for f- seven or eight hours, just watching, totally engrossed in these matches, and the, the kids going crazy for it, and and the doubles just owning the, the the show. And it's such an exhilarating format of the game, which needs moments like that. It needs to matter like that. See, Matt, all it takes to get David Law happy again is knockout tennis. <laughs> He's a different person. <laughs> I tell you, I, I loved it. And 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 it makes me think that look, I'm I'm really worried about this idea of it going to Dubai. Uh, sorry, about it going to Abu Dhabi, which which is what is being reported and which is what we're all expecting to be announced on Sunday. But if it wasn't going there, 
the the actual format of this thing has got legs really the, this there's work that needs doing but the, these two days in a row and i can't wait for tomorrow with kazakhstan and, and serbia and and then the, the final one as well you know it's 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 really good this stuff just to sort of put a bow on the italy croatia tie um hadn't really sort of realized the knock-on effect of having such a strong doubles team up your sleeve i never really thought about it you know but actually i really think it affects those first two singles matches like i think sonigo was stressed i think he knew that he probably needed to win that match because waiting in the wings you've got mektic and pavic and yes okay possibly Sinner and fanini might have beaten them but the odds are that mektic and pavic are going to win that so i i find it interesting the sort of dynamics at play that it has throughout the day and just for i mean for mektic and pavic we sort of sometimes just talk about it as though they're guaranteed to win. But, you know, the pressure is on them. You know, Croatia relying on them and they just delivered. And I thought that was really impressive. They really targeted Fanini's serve. I read that they won 26 points on return, Mektic and Pavic. 23 of those points were off Fanini's serve and only three off Sinners. They just sort of targeted it. And that was clearly the right tactic. Um, so, yeah, really impressive from then. Just just one last thing that I think we should mention. There was a sort of sad side story attached to this tie and that the, the long-time Italian team doctor of the Davis Cup team had, had died that day. And there was a minute silence before the tie and... Fabio Fanini in particular, I think, was very close with him. He he posted on Instagram today that he was like a second father to him. And and after the national anthems were played and, and the minute silence were observed, he said he went to the locker room and, and, and wept, you know, to be honest. I think there was a lot of difficult emotion for Italy yesterday and, you know, just horrible circumstances to have to play such a such an important match in. What was the doctor's name, Matt? Uh, Professor Pier Francesco Parra. And um, they had a shirt with the message Ciao Doc that was draped in front of the uh, Italian bench and, and, and all the players had black patches on their shirt in, in tribute as well. Gosh, that's really, really moving. Um, d- d- yeah, d- d- just to go back very quickly to, to Mektic and Pavic, they, they teamed up together this year for the Olympics. Mm. I mean, obviously also because they, they thought they'd be a successful partnership but Nikola Mektic won the ATP finals last year with Wesley Kulhoff he was in a fantastically successful partnership so they won their last tournament the season and then split um in order for Mektic and Pavic to 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 get together in this Olympic year and play as a Croatian team and places extra emphasis and pressure for them on this on this Davis Cup as well so yeah just sort of adds into your point about, you know, it's, it's one thing just expecting them to win, but they've actually got to go out there and do it. And I think there's a really big difference in Davis Cup between having good doubles players in your team and having a good doubles team yeah. in your team. I think that is a massive difference. You know, they, the they, Bryan brothers, Mektic, Pavic, it's, it's yeah. They almost remind me of the Bryan brothers. They're almost like a couple of Jedis. They just seem to read each other's mind and they're going zigzagging left and right. And I'm thinking if you were an opposing returning team, how would you know where to put the ball? Uh, you you can't guess where they're going. And they, But they, they know they're so in sync. 
Uh, I mean, uh, if if anybody manages to beat them as a doubles pairing, it will be absolutely fascinating if they did come up against Serbia and play Djokovic, just to see if Djokovic, as great as he is, could do anything about it. I think he could. But we'll see. I'd love to see that. Absolutely love to see it. Um, we might see it, depending on what happens between Serbia and Kazakhstan, because that is who Croatia will play in the semifinals. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Germany will face the winner of tomorrow's semi-final between Russia and Sweden. No, Thursday's semi-final between Russia and Sweden. And that is because Kevin Kravitz and Tim Puetz just beat Neil Skubsky and Joe Salisbury uh, in two tie-break sets in the deciding doubles rubber to win that quarter-final in a crowdless Innsbruck. Uh, that was after Dan Evans absolutely thrashed Peter Goyovchik. I mean, of all the people that are miserable tonight... I mean, well, actually, maybe, I mean, weird one for Peter Govchik, isn't it? Because he's just made it to the Davis Cup semifinals, but he's had probably the most stinking day of his life on the tennis court. I don't know. I mean, sheepish celebrations for Peter, I'd imagine. Anyway, Jelena Struff did the business, <laughs> came back and levelled it, beating Cameron Norrie uh, in three sets. And then uh, Kravitz and Puerts did the business as well, very narrowly coming back from five love down. Uh, to win that second set tie break, but mm, didn't start well for Germany or Peter Goyovchik, who's probably just standing, I don't know. I mean, I suppose there aren't celebrations, are there? They're making their way f- to Madrid, sat at the back of the bus, just just pondering, singing along very quietly to the merry tunes on the bus. <laughs> I mean, it must be a weird feeling because surely he knows he's not going to play again. 
Like, I mean, after that performance... Well, well I, I, I wouldn't play him again, I Matt. mean, I must say, Dan Evans was exceptional and he described it as, as, as some of the best tennis he's played all year, I think. And I think, you know, he said it actually he was really nervous this morning and, and woke up with a bit of an edge. And he, he said in his press conference he was angry and he wanted something to sort of... He needed an outlet to take that out. So he just practised for longer. And Leon Smith said to him, this is great. This is exactly the energy I want from you bring that onto the match court. And he did. He was exceptional. But Goyovchik was awful. I mean, really, really bad. So many double faults. He was so nervous, I think. He said he didn't sleep the night before when he was told he was going to play. He just did not handle it at all well. And, you know, I think maybe the change was made because Dominic Kupfer has an 0-3 record against Dan Evans. But, you know, there were some close matches in there anyway. Whatever the thinking behind that pick, it didn't work out. You know, m- maybe that experience would mean that if he did play again, he would he would handle it better. But I mean, you wouldn't surely you wouldn't take a chance on him again after after that. How many of the millions he getting? <laughs> well, it's more. They're into the semis now. Not, you can't you can't not give him any, can you? Maybe you divide gi- it. He's up. given up. 10 days of his time, if not more. Percentages of games <laughs> accumulated for your team in the week, maybe. Three games. He won three. Um, so he can have three quid. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> it sounds harsh, doesn't it? I mean, he did, he did look it a bit bad. awkward in the it sort of, in the, in the pogo jumping that they did as a team at the end and a big circle. He did look a bit awkward about it all, you know, mm. but you know, look, he's part of the team and he was cheering them on and all the rest of it. Yes, um, he did great cheering. <laughs> At least a five is worth of cheering, I'd say. Hell of a right, comeback. Right, that manner check. You know, to, to, Hell to, of a comeback. To come a win, A, from having lost a first rubber like that. I mean, really, I, I felt as a British person who, yes, does want Britain to win just as a spectator, I felt very relaxed at that point, one zero up with Cameron Norrie still to come, who I who I probably would have backed to beat Struff really um, at the start of that match, and if not, well, I mean the thing is, you were talking about Djokovic. I saw Kravitz and Puets beat Djokovic and his partner a couple of days earlier, so I knew how good they were as a doubles team, but I still thought that when it came down to it, Skupski and Salisbury would probably get it done in the end. So. All credit to the German team for for winning that. I, I think it's and Struff, you know, to be playing a guy like Norrie, who just gives you so little, and to to keep going for the shots enough, and and backing yourself sufficiently to to pull it off, like a, playing a percentage game of going for big shots, almost. You know, if they go in, they percentage go in. Percentage game of low percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he's so. I mean, he can. He's very confusing, Alan Struff. He 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 also could be described as agricultural. I think, <laughs> at least in physique. Hold on, I I throw the agricultural references around here. Is it okay? Well, is he or is he not a tad agricultural? He is a bit, yeah. Mm. yeah. Don't be don't be fooled by the backwards baseball cap. <laughs> Actually, my wife was watching both the Goya match and the Struff match, and she said they she felt they had similar builds, these sort of co-tanger mm. shoulders, you know, and both tall guys as well. He can he can make some absolutely hideous errors, Struff, that sort of professional tennis players don't make or shouldn't make. 
some just sort of absurd shot selections that just don't, don't even make it over the net or don't even make the court, let alone the tram lines. And he can also look like Pete Sampras. He's very confusing and he, uh, I may, maybe this is experience and sort of getting to know and coming to terms with his game. Exactly as you say, David, he's unperturbed by the hideousness of those errors. He just regroups and goes, that's my game. I'm going to do this sometimes, but I probably won't do it next time. I might do it the time after that, but probably not next time. And it was such a contrast with Cam Norrie, whose game is so watertight. His his shtick is, I'll give you nothing. You'll have to work for it. And Struff's policy is just being loose as a goose. Um, Italy, I'll, I'll donate you a lot, but I'll also take a lot away from you. It was a really interesting contrast. I mean, there were patches in the match where it was not high quality, um, but it did end up being quite quite high drama and, and very entertaining. Yeah, I mean, completely. I, uh, For all the reasons you've said, I was backing Norrie, really, the entire time. Even when he didn't convert his two set points in the first set tiebreak and lost that set, he regrouped, took the second set, I think, 6-2 pretty straightforwardly. And, yeah, he's just so relentless physically, mentally, tennistically, as Garbini and Muguruza would say. Um, he just sort of forces Struff to play at a high level. And yet Struff managed to do that enough times. I, I just didn't think he would be able to, but he, he, he pulled it off when it mattered. Um, so huge credit to him for that. He kept going for his shots and, and they paid off. Yeah, and then out come Tim Puerts and Kevin Kravitz and... I mean, it was it was it was so nip and tuck, wasn't it? I mean, both sets. I I did feel like, please just fast forward to the tie break, particularly the second one. I don't think there was a single break point in in the second set. The first set tie break was epic, absolutely epic. Again, not always brilliantly high quality in terms of you know the nerves were a massive factor, but in a way that made it you know just fantastically dramatic and entertaining. Um, nobody wanted the lead. That was kind of a theme of the match. Nobody wanted the lead. It was everybody like a hot went potato. To, to, everybody went to pieces when they were in the lead, really, yeah. in those tie breaks. And, I mean, that, that ended up 12-10, that first set tie break. And Britain had 6-4 and didn't take those two set points. Now, you've just described, Matt, how Norrie had two set points in that first set as well uh, against um, Struff. And then, as you were saying earlier, Catherine, Skupski and Salisbury are up 5-0 in the second set tiebreak. They're going to have some sleepless nights tonight, those three, aren't they, between them? I mean, and I don't... Look, I couldn't do it. I, I, I think that they fought their hearts out. And I didn't actually think they did an awful lot wrong. I, th- I felt like the German team came up with some incredible shot making when it when their backs were against the wall and and they also had one of the loveliest tactics i've seen on a on a court i don't think i've ever seen it before of lob and charge you know just sort of lob it over the head land it on the baseline and charge to the net and say right get it past us i, I i've very rarely seen that as a tactic before but you know they it's it's going to really sting that defeat because you could argue that Britain really should have won it overall. If you th- if you look at it like that, a one-up 
after the first rubber. They've had set points in the first set of the second rubber. They've had set points in the first set of the third rubber. They've had five, love, and they haven't they haven't won it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think it will be a, a morose place, the GB camp right now. I definitely, I, I hope that's how they see it, that they should have won it. I hope this will fuel them for the future. But absolutely, I think there will be, it will be regret-tastic. Um, in camp team GB maybe they can grab a drink with Peter Goyovchik <laughs> and share a, share a, a different but sort of similar vibe no offence but they're a bit better than them <laughs> <laughs> on the day you know I'm sure he'll be amazing in a couple of days time if he gets drafted in he's not getting drafted in no he's in. not no there's a they'll have Tim Puetz playing singles before they'll have <laughs> tell you what Tim Puetz is a hell of a player <laughs> There's a small silver lining to be found potentially for Great Britain in that defeat. Is it the million quid? It's defeat in the quarterfinals means that they're guaranteed, I should say, unless they get a wild card into the next year's finals, but they're guaranteed to have a qualifier. And they didn't get a qualifier last time because they reached the semis and were automatically through to the finals. So if you want a home and away tie in this new format of Davis Cup, kind of losing at the stage they've lost that is is not too bad. So they will get a qualifier, could be away, could be home. But I think if it's at home, they will love that tie and embrace that. So there's there's a sort of silver lining there potentially further down the road. Yes. Okay. Very, very good point. I'm sure that's what mm. they're all thinking oh, about sure, right yeah. now. <laughs> yes. Yes, talk of the town in Team GB. Um, so Germany through to face the winners of Russia and Sweden. Um, you'd, you'd, all due respect to Sweden, they've done really well. They've been great to watch, but you've got to think that's Russia. Um, so Germany against Russia, most likely. Kazakhstan against Serbia could be interesting. That one, I mean, you'd probably back Serbia. I would probably back Serbia. But um, as you as you were saying, Matt, I mean, Kazakhstan kind of defy the odds in this competition, don't they? Yeah. I mean, obvious point, they're going to need to win that first singles. <laughs> because, you know, if they lose that, Bublik against Djokovic, look, we know Bublik's talent. Could be, but... could be a slightly more awkward chat you'll be having with him <laughs> tomorrow evening. I'm looking forward to those yeah. seven he questions. Was, he was that chippy after a win. <laughs> <laughs> you are not... Allowed to dodge that press conference, Matt. <laughs> that is an order. Right then, I think that's it for this evening, unless anyone has has anything else to add. I've got some pet mascot news to add. We've got Mocha this week. Mocha is a lovely chocolate lab. Um, so smiley. We've had a couple of lovely, no, three lovely pictures of Mocha, I think. One features a tennis ball. Great. Very on brand. Mocha understood the assignment. Uh, he's 17 months old and he's owned by Ryan. So well done, Ryan, on having a lovely dog. We like Mocha. Mocha will feature in our newsletter and on our Instagram channels because I'm in charge of our Instagram channels and I try and put animals on there as much as possible. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, Billy Jean uh, took us off to bed and has remained there throughout this recording. She had but... one look at me on the Zoom and she, she... said, I'll tell you <laughs> what, I'll, I'll heard... leave it. <laughs> She heard David's voice coming through the laptop, trotted through, took a look at the screen and turned around, went back to bed. It's kind of like, that's not Matt. 
<laughs> See you later. She was saying hello, David. It was all the energy she had left. Okay. She's been at daycare today. Anyway, she's sponsored by Billie Jean King. Uh, we each are sponsored by Scouts and Mouse or Rogue and Zeus. David and I, for Rogue and Zeus, still have skin in the game. Matt has none. Sorry, apologies to Scouts or Mouse. Uh, Chris Albert Lee is our executive producer. And we have a shout out, Matt. We have a very special shout out for Barbara Law. Oh, right, I was Mom. just about to say, is it someone that lives with David? <laughs> Near, quite lives nearby. With. Hello, Barbara. I have finally left I, home. <laughs> I I didn't swear today or anything. It's as if I knew. Special occasion, Mum. Shout out. We've got Catherine on her best behaviour and everything. Yes, yes. Sorry, Barbara, for all the swearing on previous podcasts. We do try. We do try. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, we'll be back uh, with our next tennis podcast after the next two quarterfinals. So Thursday evening to round up those two ties between Serbia, Kazakhstan and Russia and Sweden and to look ahead to the semifinals, which will, of course, be played along with the final in Madrid over the weekend. Matt will be there doing one-on-ones in a massive press conference room with all the players and eating churros in the evening. David and I will be in our respective locations and lapping it all up so until thursday subscribe to the newsletter (laughs) i'm just remembering all the things until thursday subscribe to the newsletter uh uh, leaves an apple podcasts review um subscribe to the reminder email uh, to support us on our new platform, which will be launching from Wednesday of next week. We are joining the Supporting Cast family. More news to be forthcoming, unless you want me to add some now, David. Friends of the Tennis Podcast. You can become a friend. You can become but a You're friend already our friends. Podcast. It's just a marketing ploy to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to financially and formally be recognised as our friend, then that facility will become available to you from Wednesday next week. And, and you we... get bonus stuff. But bonus stuff also available. It, it, it'll it be great, I promise you. I will make it sound as great as it actually we're is. We're going to work on our selling, folks, <laughs> in the next week. <laughs> David's going to drill me. Didn't you last week compare <laughs> it to private health insurance? <laughs> Which is great. I've got private health insurance. Takes the pressure off the NHS. Go okay. on the show notes. Get on the reminder list. <laughs> yeah, and then, then you'll find out all the... Just check out the show notes. Yeah. That's got all the information that you need. Very much better explained than I've just done. Uh, We'll speak to you on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan 
turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.